Hello, welcome to Ignited Youth. We are happy to see you and hope you enjoy our episode today. Connect with us through Instagram at bvcc.youth. If you would like to submit an anonymous question or have a prayer request, please click on the link in the description. Without further ado, here is today's episode. Welcome everyone. I know it's been one of those weeks. Maybe for you guys have been one of those months. But it's amazing how this man over 2,000 years ago has an honest conversation that I wish a lot of us could have. I wish that we are able to come with God with all of our burdens as Habakkuk did. Because I feel that this is one of the things that take people farther from God than any other reason. It's pain and hurt. Pain and hurt stop us from trusting. Pain and hurt stop us from loving. Pain and hurt brings barriers. Suffering brings deception. And so I pray that we are allowing God, and I wish that our hearts would go through this process as Habakkuk did, to be able to learn how to navigate when God doesn't. When God doesn't seem he's around, when God doesn't answer what we want him to answer. And I believe without a doubt he will speak to us as he has these other weeks, he won't leave tonight without touching our hearts. So can you guys open up your Bibles to Habakkuk 3 for me? See this man, he's a churchgoer. He's a prophet of God. He knows, he's seen, he's tasted. He knows God can. And he's facing with a lot of questions, similar questions. I know you can, and I know you're able to. And this guy is real raw in the way he has this dialogue with God. And he's very raw in the way he presents his conversation with him. And his conversations, God, I don't like what I see. I wish you could do something about it. I don't like what I'm seeing. I don't like what's going on around me. I don't think it's fair. I don't think life is fair. And in chapter 1, we see how Habakkuk starts finding himself wondering, wondering. He starts wondering what is going on. Why does my eye see something different than my heart? My heart believes God can do anything. But my eyes are seeing something different. My heart believes God can, but my eyes are seeing he doesn't. Why? Chapter 1 is all about the wondering. If you're here tonight and you're wondering what God is doing, this is the place for you to be. Because it's not that he doesn't, see, it's not that we don't believe that he can't. I, I, I think a lot of people believe God can, 
I think what messes with us is when he doesn't, when, when, when he doesn't answer. I think that's what messes with people. Because when we tell people there's a God that can, they're like, that's awesome. And we tell them sometimes our story, God did this for me. And they're like, great, that's awesome. But how come he doesn't then does it for, for me? And the way God works, again, is very unique and is very relational. And every way that he speaks to every person, every son and daughter that he has is very different. It's very unique. That's why it's called a relationship. The way I talk to one of my kids is not the same way I talk to the other one. Different kids. They're still my kids. But I speak to them differently. Different ages, different personalities, different attitudes. But it's still the same. They're my kids. God can see us and he understands, but he speaks to us differently. And so chapter one, he's just wondering. Habakkuk is wondering. And then he goes into chapter two, and then he, we see how Habakkuk is not just wondering, but then he finds himself waiting. He's waiting for God to act. And we, see the, we saw that last week in Habakkuk two, where it says for the, you know, the revelation of God, he's waiting to be appointed to me, he says, I will wait even though it lingers. Even though you're waiting for you to answer, I will wait for it. I know you're going to come. I just don't know when. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to hold on. Habakkuk 2.6 says, for how long must this go on? Like he's just wondering. He's, he's wondering and then he's waiting. And that's the process of Habakkuk. The answer is not coming to him yet. And we would think that by chapter 3, the answer is going to come, and it's, it still doesn't. And I was just going to say, chapter 3, wait for it, but then I, I already used that last week, so I'm going to have to choose another, I had to choose another title for it. But God is not, it's not in God's, it's not in your timing. How we want God to answer is not on our timing. We can't hurry up God. And when God is going to answer, we can't stop it. See, we can't hurry God's answer or his response. Yet, when he is going to answer, we can't stop it. And his answer was, I will, I'm going to bring Babylon because of your sin. Because you do not want to be honest with me. Because you don't want to wait for me. Because you don't trust me. Then I'm going to raise this 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 this. this group this army that is going to be way you think you're bad it's way they're they're horrible they're horrible and as much as habakkuk could not hurry just just hurry up god answer when he did answer he couldn't stop it and so then we see his frustration developing and some of us are frustrated with god at this point in this time we're just frustrating in our lives. It's being, it just, this frustration is being developed. We see evil and pain. And it's full of disappointment. And within that disappointment, we fall into this routine. See, what, 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 what I want to bring tonight is in your pursuit of, in, in, just in, your, in your waiting time, don't become routinish. While you're waiting, don't let it become routine. While you're waiting for God to answer, 
Don't just think that he's never going to. Holding on is it, it is, it's not asking you to just form this routine because that's what we do. When, whenever we're waiting for something, then we're, we're, we're creatures of habit. So we'll create a system. And then what happens is when, when we're faced with this crisis of belief, when we're, when, we're, when we're being challenged with our faith, and then we have this routine already developed, meaning, God, you weren't there, so I have to create something. Like, like I, I know how to operate in this, so, so I'm not going to get hurt that bad. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I, I've created this system, this routine where I wake up and, yeah, I'm going to face this and this is my reality. And then we ask God to invite him to come into that routine and we tell him, but just don't touch anything. Like, like you, you can come into my life, but just don't touch it. Because it took me a long time to fix this routine. And it's my routine. And, and, and it helps me. And, 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 and I'm part of That's my life. So don't touch my routine. And I think that's where we have a trouble with God. Because we're like, when I told you to come, you did it. And I found this safe place now where I can kind of deal with my issues. I don't have to fix my issues. I've, I've learned how to deal with them. And now you're showing up and you're moving things around and I'm like, don't touch it because now I'm going to have to deal with it all over again. The pain and hurt and the betrayals and the memories are surfing up again and I can't deal with this. So God, guess what? Don't touch my routine. And in that, we miss this relationship, this beautiful relationship with God and that confuses us. That's, that brings more confusion to us because we're not seeing God submit like everything else in our lives we make him submit and we think God's gonna do the same and when God comes into our lives and he's being a part of our lives and he doesn't submit it kind of throws us off and we get annoyed but what happens is we misunderstand these opportunities to grow with him because he doesn't want us to stay in that. The holding on process was never meant for you to lose hope. The holding on process was always made for your relationship to grow with him during that process. So now let's get into chapter three. And so instead of holding on part two or holding on again, or still hold on, or hold on forever, I decided to call it embracing God in your valley. Embracing God in your valley. Like Psalms says, even though I walk through this valley, embracing God in the valley. See, we see a different Habakkuk here in chapter three. We see a different way, and we're going to hear right now, the way he prays on chapter 3 is not the same Habakkuk as chapter 1. His situation is not changing. His problems are not changing. Evil hasn't disappeared. But he's not the same guy. And even though we can't see because there's no, there's no pictures here, we hear it in his voice, how his prayer has changed. And so chapter 3 verse 1 says, a prayer of Habakkuk the prophet. The prayer of Habakkuk. 
And we see how this prayer life changes because he's also praying in chapter one. You guys remember chapter one? If you say no, I'm going to have to do another whole sermon. So you'll be here for four hours. So just say yes. Okay, you remember in chapter one. Yeah, of course you do. When he is, he is looking at God and saying, for how long, Lord, must I call for help? But you don't listen. I'm crying out to you, violence, and you don't save me. See, that's prayer. He's praying, but he's praying out of, out of desperation. He's praying out of this place of hopelessness. He's like, God, there's all these things going on, and you're not doing anything about it. How long, how long do I have to wait? How long do I have to cry? Have, have, have you ever screamed at someone so much that you lose your voice? Or you're like in this scenario where you're just screaming because you're like cheering somebody on or something's happening where it's, it's, it's stressing your voice. This is, I, I can just picture Habakkuk in that same posture and he's just crying out so much and he's screaming to God and he's losing his voice and says, man, I'm just tired of coming back to you. I'm coming back of coming to the same thing and asking the same thing over and over. How long must I wait? And then chapter 2, he starts changing his prayer. He starts maturing in his faith. He's not the same guy anymore. He doesn't have it all together. But hey, he's, he's, he's not the same Habakkuk as he was in chapter 1. Because then we see chapter 2 and he says, I will wait. I will look to see what you will say to me. I'm going to wait. I'm not, this, this, I'm, not, I'm not going crazy. I'm not losing my head anymore. But then I'm going to ask someone to help me read just again that first verse as Habakkuk starts changing. And can you help me read? And I'm going to ask you to read just so you don't fall asleep. So uh, Habakkuk 1 and 2, chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Really amazing because I'm going to take out a word and I want you to see if it's in your Bible too because maybe it's not. Anyone? Uh, So it's amazing how he starts looking in verses 1 and 2, this prayer. And says, I've heard of your name and your fame. I've heard it. I remember that. And he, he starts changing into a different path. He's remembering who, who God is and the things he's done. And it's amazing because there's this word here. And so it, 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 it's, it's just going to change because if you want your, if you want to be able to hold on and embrace God in your valley, your prayer life has to change. Your prayer life cannot stay the same. The same prayers that you used to do when you were a kid and you're like, God, help me and the trees and thank you for uh, the crayons and, 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 and for the food and for the, and for the spaghetti and, 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 and God, like, like, thank you for, for, you know, whatever small, you know, whatever. Those small prayers are, are great for kids. And we like I, I used to love hearing my kids pray and I love in VBS when kids pray. I love it. I love how they worship. I love when kids worship. I love hearing them sing. It's amazing. But imagine 
imagine yourself singing the same songs the same way or praying the same way it's just like seeing someone asking you for food and they go and they grab the bottle the baby bottle from the fridge and they're 17 18 years old and they get their milk and shake it and start sucking on the bottle super weird I'm pretty sure girls if your boyfriend starts doing that you're not gonna think it's cute like, oh my god this is the guy's amazing he's like how cute he looks like it on the bottle can I burp you like burp. no of course not you're gonna go you're weird and it's over right now like lose my number oh don't call me it's not it's cute when it's from a baby a grown adult drinking milk from a bottle kind of weird Habakkuk is changing and he should because his prayers cannot stay the same your prayers in order to embrace tough times in order to embrace the valley in order to embrace those dark times in your life is prayer absolutely but it's not the same prayers you've had all this time they have to change they have to grow they have to mature your prayers have to be able to develop in a way that can bring heaven down and continue to bring hope in times of trouble See, and, 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 and this kind of prayer has to be from a place of not just hope and not just embracing, but this prayer of earth shaking. Like, it's, it's this kind of prayer where, where it's not just, just God help me, it's, it's or praising, because we see how Habakkuk starts praying and worshiping, prayer and worship, and we see him praying, and literally the whole, the whole chapter 3 is his prayer time, and as he's praying, he jumps from prayer to worship, prayer to worship, prayer to worship, prayer to worship, and the only thing you can do, and, and, and if you say, well, I'm praying and nothing happens, is because your prayers are still baby prayers. You're, you, you haven't grown with God. So if you haven't grown with God, then your prayers are going to stay as small as your God is. And how, how Habakkuk is changing his prayer, and we're going to see it here, is this seeing with emotion. This passion is singing. This high spirit praise. It, it, see, in my time, it was like, it was like, I heard a song that I really liked, and, 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 and the, us older people, we used to say, that's our jam. Like, that was my jam, man. I, I like that jam. You guys don't know what that is. But you guys, like, now you're like, oh, they're going through it. Like, like there's a song, right? And they're like, oh, my. Like, Saturday nights around your house, when they're throwing those parties, and like, they sing, like, really loud. Like, they're feeling that song. You guys don't have the my, my my block they do. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll just turn on the music really loud. And you can hear like four or five like houses. And these people are just like, man, all like, like, they're just they're 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 that's 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 their jam. 
but they're singing it like they don't like karaoke. Do you guys do karaoke? Oh man, it's okay. I'm not, I won't tell you guys to do it. It's not a sin. Just you're just singing a song. I'm pretty sure you guys don't hear sing listen to Hill song all week long. I'm pretty sure that's not. If you guys look at your Spotify, I'm pretty sure it's not even on your top five. Okay, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so let's not like too holy here. Come on, guys. Not everybody here doesn't always listen to Christian music, right? And we all, you don't all listen to Christian music, do you? No, no, you don't. Okay, so at least we're establishing there. I don't listen to Christian music all the time. <gasps> okay, geez, Lord. I don't listen to Christian music all the time. Okay. Ah, yeah, okay, we're getting out here. We're being transparent now. Okay, we're, we're, we're going to get somewhere, I think. And I like these songs sometimes, and I sing my oldies, or I sing certain songs, and, 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 and I like them, and I'll sing them, and, 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 and I'll, I'll shake my head, and I, I'm like, oh my goodness, I like that song, whatever it is, right? But when we're coming to God, what Habakkuk is saying is, the same way how those songs move us and we own that song, Habakkuk, what he's saying is when we sing to God, we should sing the same way. This, I don't care who hears me and drunk people don't care who hears them. Okay, fine. You've heard, I'm pretty sure, when people get a little bit more intoxicated, you've probably seen on movies. They don't care who's around. They can act a fool if they want to. And what Habakkuk is saying here in these verses, the way he sings to God, and even the way David sang, and his wife said, man, you look like a lunatic. Why are you singing and dancing for God? And he's like, because we just won a war and he's my God. And I'm singing and worship and I'm singing, I'm dancing and I'm praising and I don't care who sees me. That's the kind of worship Habakkuk is saying. You need to develop this crazy, raw, I don't care what people think about me, praise. This prayer of I'm gonna speak loud if I have to. I don't care who hears me. But that's not the praise we usually have even when we're having a good time in, in our lives. When it comes to God, I don't know what happens. And it happens to me sometimes. Or I want to sing and I want to sing loud and I want to do something and I don't. I'm just like going through the motions. It's, 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 it's happened to me. Where I want, I'm going through something and that's consuming me because it's distracting me so much that my praise is just praise and I'm just going through the most, it's routinely. My prayer and, and, and my worship becomes routinely. But when you're holding on, what, what Habakkuk will show us is that we need to start, we need to start shouting, we need to start having this crazy praise, this praise full of spirit, this, this high energetic praise that is gonna lash out and it's gonna, it's, it's gonna burst out. We're gonna start doing, the, the, doing something in praise and worship and I know you're not used to that, I get that. But there's some freedom when you get to worship freely. 
That's why I love Christian. That's why I love my concerts, man. Because I can sing as loud as I can, and everyone is screaming and yelling, and I'm like, sounds good to me. And uh, I, just a few months ago, we went to, 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 to the uh, Maverick City and, and, and Kirk Franklin. It was the, one of the best concerts I've been to. Because even they're singing hymns, everyone's singing, and there's like, they're singing, and there's people just, just, just raising their hands like, like, I don't care. And it gives you this freedom of like, man, they don't care, I don't care either. You just get up and start like, yes. You do things that you wouldn't even do. And that's the kind of praise that's going to get us out of this rut. And so when you come to a church service, when you come into a place like this, that's the kind of praise Habakkuk is saying. That's the only way you're going to embrace God in your valley is when you break out of your worship and you're like, I don't care how I sound. I don't care if I can sing because I'm not worshiping for an answer. I'm worshiping to God. I want more of him than I want his provision. See, Habakkuk's prayer on three starts changing. He's not asking for an answer. He's just asking God, I want you to help me as I'm going through this. His, his prayers are being formed with faith. And he starts praising God, not for who, not for just the what, but for who. For who you are. I will praise you not so that you can, I can see the future, which is fine. Not so you can remember what he did in the past, which is fine. But man, true, some, some this crazy worship happens when you're worshiping God, not for what he's done, not for what he'll do, but for who he is right now. He's faithful right now. He loves you right now. It is not just formed. His prayer is... His prayer is changing. See, prayer is, he understands he's in the presence of God, having a conversation with God. And you're like, yeah, so what? He understands God is this holy being. He, he's holy. He understands, he's very, not, he, he knows that the moment that he walks in God's presence and he's worshiping God, God can kill him in that second if there is some sin in him. He understands that. So the way he's going to worship God, it's, okay, have you ever been just happy for something and, 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 and I mean, just for the simple things or, or, or just something that you always wanted and this emotion comes up. I just don't understand how sometimes in life we can get so happy like, oh my God, there's a, there's a special, I can get two cheeseburgers for, 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 for five bucks and you know, I get so happy because I love food and I'm like, what? Like, like I got a discount for no reason and I saved $2 and, and that brightens, my, brightens up my day. It's so amazing how I talk to people at work all the time. I'm like, hey, so how's your day going? And this guy is like, dude, man, I just went in there and somebody paid me for my food. He, he saved himself $7. He was the happiest guy the whole day for $7. Yet God gives us all these things and we're just like, Man, yeah, God, like, okay. I just, I fall into that. 
I fall in that routine all the time. I get overconfident because I know I'm blessed. I know God loves me. I know I get favor from God. And even that becomes so routinely. And I waste and I miss opportunities. And see Habakkuk starts changing. Because he's not just coming for a request. It's not like if you were hungry and you're just like, Mom, what are we going to eat? And you don't even talk to them. You just send them a text like, Mom, is food ready? Or, hey, Dad, can I borrow five bucks for gas? Or, hey, uh, this. And you're just asking for a request on text, but you never really, like, see them. That would kind of be weird. That's what we do with God. We don't really have a relationship. We just text them like, God, hey, uh, help me here. Do this, do that. And Habakkuk is changing because that's what he was doing in chapter 1. But in chapter 3, we see how he starts changing his prayer. And we start seeing how, how his prayer life allows God to be God. You need to let God be God in your prayer time. Let God be God. Let your prayer allow you to be you. Allow your prayer time to release your pressure, your frustrations. Allow your prayer time to transfer that burden that you can change into God. Allow him to be God. Allow you to be you. Allow your prayer time to release your frustrations and allow your burden to be transferred to God. There are certain things only God can fix. You can't fix them. I can't fix them. There's God-sized problems in this world. Allow God to be God. Sometimes we bear, we just carry all these burdens that only God can change. You're like, oh my God, how can I change this? You can't. You can't. I can't. I can't change people. I wish I could. You don't know how many people I've seen and I've talked to. Me and I, they just, we, we've spoken to people just people, people, people. I wish I can change your mind. I wish I can make you passionate worshipers of God. I wish I can do that. I wish I can force you. I wish I can have this magic pill and say, just drink this and things will be better. I wish I can. That's only a God thing. Only I can do is pray for you. Only I can do is just preach as passionately as I can. Every time God allows me to speak, it's for me to leave, live as holy as I can as an example for people to follow all I can do is pray for you every day just I pray as I'm, as I'm driving as I'm working in my lunch time there are seasons and days in my time where I specifically just sit there and go God please bring a revival to church God bring a revival to individual people God help this person change God help them this help this person have a breakthrough God 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 and all I can do is pray in your behalf because if it was up to me I would do so many things for you right now but I can my dad used to say if I can drag you I know I would if, I would, if, I, if God would allow me to drag you I would and I would drag you to the front he goes but I can't because salvation is personal if I can force you, I could. If I can make you committed, I could. But I can't. 
Because your relationship with God is your relationship with God. And Habakkuk understood that he's starting to change. He started going from God, give me a resolution to God. I just want a relationship. Habakkuk started changing from God. This is what I want you to do to God. I just want to know you more. There are things in life that God will do, that God will have control over. There's things he asks you to do, like be faithful, have trust, be obedient. God can't force you to be obedient. That's only what you can do. You can't force, but prayer also relieves this pressure. You can just cry out to God and be honest with him. In your, all your frustrations, in your, all your doubts. Have you ever gone a soda, just shaking it up, and then give it to somebody? You guys never done that? It's the funniest thing. I'm not saying go do it, but I'm saying if you, ever, if, you, if you haven't done it, don't do it. But it's the funniest thing as if people shake this soda and they're going to open it. Because this pressure inside is just consuming. So when you shake it and the gas is in there, it's just piled up in there. And you just open, there's a little bit of air that falls in there, just sort of just everywhere. Sometimes that's how we are. We have so many things bottled up and we're just being shaken by life. And the moment, you just, just a little bit of, it just boom, you explode. And you walk away from God and you're a mess. And you're trying to clean up and you can't. And it's amazing because God then on verse two says, then I heard your fame. I saw, I stand in awe in all of your deeds. Lord, repeat them in our day. He's not even, he's not even telling God, I don't, he's just saying, God, I know you're good. Repeat them in our day. Do it again. I know you've done it before. Just do it again. You choose to remember things. You choose to remember things that you've gone through or lived through. You choose to remember how good God is or how good God was or how good God's been to you. And as you grow and as you continue to have a relationship with God, Habakkuk starts saying this and I want you to say that in your relationship with God and in your wrath, remember mercy. Just remember me when your wrath is coming because I've been faithful as the world gets worse as the end times come as I go through pain just don't forget about me it's funny how we think that we have no hope as all this evilness is coming yet God is saying and we'll be reminded when we take communion that even though wrath is coming, there's salvation to your house. And that's what the cross did. And that's what God does. 
even though wrath is coming, even though the enemy is coming, the enemies will come and they will conquer, they will destroy, that death angel will go through the city. But the only thing that will save you is the blood of Jesus Christ. You have that, you'll be okay. That death spiritually will hop over you. You won't die. And so what, God, and so what Habakkuk is doing, and we, you, you can read verses uh, uh, 6 all the way out. I mean, verse 3 all the way out to 16. And he's just remembering. And, 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 and in reality, that right there, 3 to 16, that is his remembrance of Egypt. How, how he heard the stories. How he heard God being faithful through Moses. And, and, and you know, what he did with Pharaoh. And that's his way of understanding. Saying, man, I know you were there. I know you were there. I know you were faithful. But I want to focus in our time remaining on verses 17. 17 on 17, 18, and 19. Although the fig tree does not bug and there's no grapes on the vine, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no fruit, Though there is no sheep in the pen and no cat on the stalls. What Habakkuk is saying is I don't see life. Even though there is no more food in the fridge. It was funny when we would go early on when the pandemic hit and you were limited to certain things. People freaked out. It's like, do you really need five gallons of milk? But like, you can only get two. And people will go crazy. Like, no, I need five. Like, you know, what do you need five? Like, who do you feed? Like, man, and if you do need five, you need help. <laughs> like, you need more than five gallons. You need therapy, man. You need five gallons. You need, like... 20 dozens of eggs and we would just like hoarder man just like right you're like you don't need that but because there wasn't what you expected to have it'll freak you people got scared and what Habakkuk is saying there's no food there's no money have you ever gone known of someone Swipe your card and it's like denied. You're like, oh, no, there's something wrong with the card. My card. Swipe it again, of course. It's embarrassing. I know it is. It's happened to me. You swipe it, and it doesn't go through. There's no money. Where they tell me, hey, I've gone to my job, and they tell me, hey, you don't work here anymore. We're laying you off. Like you walk into your job, like any other Monday and they're just like look we're going a different direction as a company or as a church you're no longer employed here thank you I remember calling now multiple times going uh hey babe and when I say uh hey babe is never good and she's like oh my god what happened and me having to explain, like, I don't know. They just chose not to have us here anymore. 
like when you hit certain realities, when things don't work out. See what Habakkuk's saying is everything can be empty, gone, there's nothing more, there's no more money coming in, we're losing everything, things are not working out. He says, yet, verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord and I'll be joyful in God, my Savior. See, he doesn't even care what's going on around him anymore. He says, I will take my joy because God's my salvation. God, I'm going to rejoice in you and I'll be faithful and I'm going to be joyful because things will not determine how happy or determine, things will not determine my, my, my worship or how I pray. You're my strength. And I think Paul gets there. Paul gets there. And I, and I love Paul because Paul gets to the point where he says, I've learned to live in abundance. Like I, if, if anybody was able to live with a lot was Paul. Of all the disciples, not even Peter, as he had his own business, not even Peter because he, had, he was a fisherman and he was productive. Paul beat him. He went to the best schools, had the best education. He had dual citizenship. That means he was able to be a Roman and a Jew. With that, he was able to do so. He, was, he, he had status. And in that time, just because you were in this religious circle, you had money. So he had everything he could possibly want. He says, I've learned to live here and I lived it well. But I've also learned how to live here. And when I've learned to live here having nothing, being in prison and being in prison not like the jail cells now, you don't get three meals a day, have a TV, shower. We're talking about holes in the, in the, in the ground. When he says, I've learned to live here, is if I was here, I'll worship God. And if I was here, I'll worship God. And there's people that are living here and would never, if they have this, they would lose their faith because they're like, oh my God, so much money, I'm out of here. And if they were here and they'll come here, it's like, I don't have nothing, man, I'm out of here. To learn how to live on both and say, I'm content, I'm okay, it's a gift. Like, I can have a lot and love my God. Because you guys know that money's not the evil, it's love money. So you can have money and love God and be faithful and be awesome like Abraham was fruitful. Or you can be poor and Jesus said, not even the, man, the son of man will be able to have a place to lay his head. Like you want to follow me? You're going to be broke. And these 12 men go, sign me up. Sign me up. Like you want to lose your life? Yeah. Well, I don't got nothing to live for anyway, right? Like, like, sign me up. I'll live out for you. And Paul has this understanding, and he is the best, the best example. I mean, Paul said, I have nothing better in my life than God. Have, have, do you have something else better in your life than God? I can, I can honestly tell you, it just... There are so many things in life. I've never had anything better than God. 
ever. So nothing will persuade me to go outside of life. Nothing can buy me out. I mean, God has done so much. Nothing in my, in my life, me, Jerry, just talking talk about me. I've had nothing better, and I'm, I love my wife, and I love my kids, but I've had nothing better in my life, better than the, than the presence of God in my life. So because I know that, there's nothing that I'm going to lose for that. I will not lose that for anything. For no one, his calling in my life is going to be beyond anything else. So every day I'm like, God, wherever you want me to be, whatever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, and how you want me to live is totally up to you. I will praise you when there's nothing. When things are going wrong, I will worship you with this crazy praise. With this devoted heart. And then verse 19 says, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me like, a, like the feet of a deer. He enables me to threat on the heights. This is deer that climbs higher and higher. He's like, these, there's this, these, and these deers that go on the, on the, on the, on the cliffs. And I, at first I thought they were fake. Like, there's no way these deers can just, goats, can go up these, 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 these mountains. Like, that's fake. But this, there's, there's, they have this capacity to jump. I'm thinking, oh my God, just the fall. But they don't. They know. They know how to balance. And that's how the world sees us. You're going through things, you're like, oh, oh that person's gonna just, oh yeah, they're gonna tap out. And you don't. You're like, that, that's fake. Okay, that's fake. Or are you just pretending? Okay, you just think like, no, this relationship with God is real. And there's nothing that, that this high, I can go higher and higher and higher and the devil can take everything he wants and he can do whatever he wants because he thinks he's won. But guess what? It, it will not change my worship and it will not change because I'm going to holler and I'm going to sing and I'm going to pray and I'm going to worship in the way that my God deserves just because of who he is. He's a sovereign Lord. And that's how I've learned to embrace my valley through what I read here in Habakkuk. Because the book ends. And he doesn't get his answer. Because what happened around him, it didn't change. What happened is he changed. His situation didn't change. Babylon came and conquered them. Babylon came and destroyed Jerusalem. And it's not till Nehemiah, because this is right before Nehemiah, it's not till Nehemiah comes back and rebuilds the wall. And maybe it's not your turn to rebuild the wall. Maybe it's just your job is to hold on to the faithfulness of who God is. And how he starts this book has changed because Habakkuk learned about this relationship with God. 
He started with problems and they got worse and the enemy started coming. But his praise got louder and his praise got deeper. And as you wait on God and we just sang it, he will renew your strength. And that's the only thing we have. See, the thing is, I want you guys to learn. Life sucks. Life's not fair. Life's mean. Good people cry, good people hurt. I wish, I wish that just be, I, I wish Christianity would be so just different. There's a lot of good Christians that are going through hard things. People that are devoted, people that have devoted their lives, their entire lives to God. When I see Christianity, it's not about my comfort. It's about his worship. And when your worship is created by this faith, this audacious faith, this faith that is just this radical faith, your worship, you will continue to worship until you see victory. You will continue to worship and you will choose to wait. You would choose to worship and not complain. You would choose to hold on because that's your decision. But when you do, that will be an example for others to follow. And you don't know how much I've seen people and I've been ministered by people's faithfulness. The most quietest people just because they're faithful, just because they maintain the course. And people say, well, I've never preached and I've never done anything and I never, maybe I don't know, I can't be up there. And it's not about a sermon. It's about being faithful to the end. It's not what you can do for God. It's just be an example of your faithfulness. I've seen people holding on through the hardest times and that re-encourages me to go on. And I've told certain people, man, I love the way you guys are living your life right now. That motivates me. Because I remember. And the molding process, it hurts. I remember being 20, being a young dad. I remember having so many questions. I remember being 29 and having so many questions. In my 30s, trying to define what I was gonna do. Still in ministry, trying to serve, but I was lost. I was trying to find myself. Some of the things that I've seen has been people's faithfulness. It hasn't even been people's sermons. I don't even remember half of people's sermons. I remember people's lives. I don't remember some of the things my dad preached. I don't remember some of the things my brother preached. I don't even remember how they sound. They've been dead for so long. I don't remember. I remember what they've done with their lives. 
When I leave, when I die, I don't want you to remember me for the sermons, for the long sermons and the boring sermons and how I scream is the faithfulness. I want to be like Pastor Sergio and be that old in ministry. That's amazing. You don't see that anymore. Faithfulness. It's about endurance. I don't care how fancy and how, how clever you think you are. Christianity is about lasting the race. Finish the race. Don't tap out. Don't say I'm done. Don't give up. People close their churches because pastors give up. Christians give up. They stop coming. They stop showing up. They stop praying. They stop praising. Don't stop. And this man learned, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's the outcome, but I will praise and I will worship this radical praise where people can see it. And people get, get encouraged by it. And I know you guys don't sing loud. I get it. That's fine. But I'm going to encourage you tonight to do so as we sing our last song. And I would encourage you in your life, in your Christian life, to do that. Pray loud. People can hear you. They're like, I don't know what to say. Say, that conversation with God, you're in His presence. It's because your mind has to be in the right place. Just be in the presence of God. You can't tell Him you love Him. Thank you. You're amazing. God, you've always been faithful to me. But why keep it quiet? I know, I know it's respectful. Please don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But there's times where you say, I got to break out in your praise. Break out of your shelf. Break out of your situation and go, man, God, yes, I thank you. I love you. And get up and raise your hands and cry if you need to because you're having that thing with God. That's your jam. You're feeling it. You're going through it. So I know it's hard and I know you're not used to it, but I'm going to challenge you anyway. I'm going to challenge you and I'm going to ask you to stand up. And we're going to pray. And I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask you that if you want God to do anything in your life, pray loud. Pray loud. Say, God, help me. God, thank you. You've been faithful. God, you've been good. God, you're amazing. Or God, holy, hold on to my heart. God, hold on to my life. God, protect me. God, be with me. God, make way where there's no way. I don't know. I don't know what you're asking, God, but show it. Let your faith pour out to somebody else. So guys, we're going to stand up right now. Yeah, yeah, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. So what we're going to do is we're going to sing. And I'm going to ask you to sing loud. And if you don't want to sing loud, it's up to you. But I want to sing loud today. So after this, after I pray, we're just going to stop recording because I sing horrible. And I change the lyrics all the time. And Nancy gets mad at me. Because I don't even know half of the song sometimes. And I'm going to sing. But I'm going to sing loud anyway. And I told you guys last week I'm going through something.
and I just I just stepped out of the scenery because I'm going through something God's doing something right now God's doing things that I'm like okay 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 we love you okay I don't know it I don't know I don't know why okay you're my God I know you're there and so after we sing after we, after we, we pray I'm gonna I'm gonna exit out because you don't need for me to pray for you you just need heaven to come down and hug God, God to hug you so you don't need for me to pray for you I'm just going to pray for all of us and then I'm going to pray for myself because I really need it right now. I need God to hold me right now. Heavenly Father, I pray as we end up our series in Habakkuk, we want to do and we want to break out in this radical praise, in this radical prayer time because you are focused. Things might not change. Things might not get better. But my, my, you're, you're my rock and you're my strength. And my faith is built on you. And so we love, we trust, and we are committed to you for who you are. And right now you're sitting at the right hand of the Father. Right now you have legions of angels and all the, all the elders around your throne singing worship to you. And I just want to be part of that right now. God, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to just, gonna just sneak out to the back and just pray. But tonight I want you to hear our worship. And it's not quiet worship. And I hope and I pray that people can just, just break out and who cares who's next to me. Because it's not about the person next to me. It's about the person in, on the, on front of me. God, you're in our focus. You are in center stage. You're the one we're worshiping. You're the one that deserves all, all, all honor. And so tonight, we are going to worship you. Just you. So God, tonight, if someone's going through things that need just peace, I pray that your spirit can come down. If someone just tonight is still in the first chapter and they're wrestling with the why questions, I pray for you to come down. If they're waiting for an answer, I pray for you to come down. But if someone's here and they're just, God, I don't care anymore because you're still my God. Then comfort them. Comfort them. So God, as we break out in our worship tonight, we do it because of who you are. And we're created to worship you. So God, tonight, receive our worship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.